Welcome to Secure Podcast. I hope you can all feel my soul radiating through these frequencies. See you all on the other side. Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode. Today we're going to be hearing from Laura from Agave Salt. This episode is a little different. You might have already noticed from the opening music. I decided that this episode was going to be recorded at a cafe in Long Beach. The reason why I decided that was because I happened to end my work day in San Pedro that day. So it was actually really convenient for me and for Laura to meet in Long Beach. So I just hopped on Yelp, looked for just a cafe that looked cozy. I love coziness. And I found this specific cafe and when I showed up, I was excited and bummed because it wasn't quiet, which is what I thought it was going to be. They actually had a back room where there was a live band playing some beautiful jazz music. So I took it in and I decided to record some of that and that's what you heard at the opening of this episode. So throughout the episode you're going to hear a whole lot of background noise which is typically totally fine with me. If you've been listening from the very beginning you already have a feel for what my style is. It's really laid back, very comfortable and kind of that um, it is what it is mentality. So on this specific episode, this is what it was. We had that jazz music playing in the background. We had people chattering around us. And because we were sitting out front, so you hear a lot of cars go by. So for me, I found this to be very um, relaxing. But I tend to really enjoy the city life and the city sounds. So if you find this a little distracting, then I recommend that you listen to this when you are home, maybe not while you're driving, and close your eyes and try to imagine yourself sitting with Laura and myself at a cafe somewhere in Long Beach, listening to the chatter of the city, the music of the live band, and feel the warmth coming from this conversation. I hope you all can take something away from Laura's story, from her professional journey, her personal journey, her spiritual journey, and her experiences throughout this entire process of her life, coming up and stepping into her purpose. I guess I want to start by defining, I guess, to me, what stepping into your power means. So to me, stepping into one's power, stepping into my own power, means operating from my true authentic self. Um, And, you know, being true to that, holding myself accountable to that, and not falling behind any masks that perhaps I have in the past, or that I feel I should because society thinks that I should, or I think that society thinks that I should. So like, I think for me, you know, even just like the topic of how we were going to have this conversation be spontaneous, right? Like uncensoring myself, not to say that I'm going to, you know, walk around saying blasphemies all the time, but just in the sense of like not overthinking things, not reading into things or worrying about how people are going to take it so much, obviously being respectful and coming from a respectful place, but not overanalyzing. I'm a big overanalyzer. Like I think about things like 15, 20 times before I actually say them. And I realized that the less that I did that in my life, the more authentic I was to myself and the more true I was being to myself. And the more I was stepping into my power, the more I was trusting my intuition. So I think, um, when did I step into that? I probably would say really, probably within the last like three years. Um, and I would say that for me, like what there was a like a pivotal moment in that I found myself continuing to attract the same relationships. 
um, specifically romantic relationships. And I was thinking, what is going on? Like the common denominator is me. So obviously there's something that I'm not doing or I'm not seeing that is keeping me from attracting something different into my life. And it was also, I think too, a reflection of where I was in my life financially, like career wise. There were a lot of things happening where I wasn't exactly where I wanted to be. And I, I, I mean, I think maybe at some point I just was like, I've had enough. And maybe that was what turned in this like self-reflection, this place of self-reflection. And I think the more that I started to just be more curious about myself and how I got to that place and how I could do things different to end up somewhere different, then my outcome started becoming different and I started stepping more into my power, being more authentic, being true to myself, not second guessing, following my intuition, um, not doing what I think I should do, but doing what I wanted to do and what felt really right. Um, and the more that I did that over and over and over again, the more things have come into my life that have just been perfect, I guess, <laughs> like for lack of a better word. Like it's, it's crazy because it's like I feel, I feel like sometimes, like I know for myself, right, because I can only speak about my experience, but you know, people would say, oh, if you say what you want to the universe, then the universe will give it to you. And I was always just like, what does that even mean? Like, what, like, what is that even, like, where do I even begin? Like, do I literally just stand in my room and say, universe, I want to be able to work from home. I want to be able to have a fulfilling and loving relationship. And then it just, like, knocks on my door. Like, how does that even work, you know? And um, I think really, for me, what I ended up finding was that that the way that look I guess that is like a long way to answer that or to no, like you know way. but I because I feel like it's all just like intertwined you know but um I want to kind of pick at the authentic self yeah because I, I feel like that gets thrown around a lot it does, and I don't yeah. think that it's actually understood and yeah. I think that authentic self stepping into your power following your intuition these are things that are getting really popular yeah to just throw around as like um self affirmations you know yeah or, or like to confirm that you're doing the right thing but like I like what you highlighted is it's it's recognizing patterns that don't bring about results that you want yeah and understanding that that is because you're not aligned with yourself yeah so being aligned with yourself means that you are aligned with the outcome yeah that is in your best interest that's it that's allowing you to rise up to your best potential yeah right? And on the flip side of that, it's not to be used as an excuse for not growing or right. not. And I, and I think that that's a, a piece that I often gets kind of skirted over. Yeah. So I love that yours was a long answer because it's not a short answer yeah. question. <laughs> it's not. So I, I would be worried if you were just like, yeah, Ooh. Yeah. And I think, um, yeah, like in that self-discovery, right, like finding my authentic self like even that too like you said like people had said these things to me or I had heard them like on podcasts or seminars or all this stuff and I didn't know what it meant like or I didn't know like what it literally looked like or what it would look like in my life and um I think just in maybe trying to figure that out that's how I figured out what it meant you know it was just like being curious about myself um and it's all it's all connected the 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 following and trusting your intuition yeah the aligning yourself with your authentic self or arriving at your authentic self yeah and stepping into your power they all are connected yeah so as soon as you do one the others will follow so it yeah. sounds like you started listening to your intuition more yeah and that is what took you into your authentic self yeah because at the time like I you know because before I worked I worked a corporate job and um, when I started my brand, and I, like, I've always known, like, from a very, from early on, right, I've known for a long time that I was always going to have my own business. And I knew that it was going to be related to inspiring women. I didn't know what type of woman. I didn't know, you know, what that method of communication or what that method was going to look like, be it clothing, be it a seminar, be it whatever it was, um, fitness, you know, cause at the time I was a coach too. So I'd been in fitness too, but I just knew that that was the message that I wanted to communicate. And 
I think that in just trying all these different methods, like, oh, okay, well, I know I like fitness, so maybe I can inspire through that, so I tried that. Okay, but that still didn't feel, again, like in my, intuit like in my intuition, it didn't feel 100%, like this is it, you know? And then, like, I tried something else, and I was like, no, this isn't it either, you know? And then just, I think, through that trial and error, or just, like, trying and curiosity, I realized, okay, this is it. And even then, like even now where I am now, like I love what I'm creating and I love that people are understanding the message that I'm communicating through the clothing, right, through my brand, but I'm still trying other things, right, like I'm still organizing workshops, like I'm still like doing these events, like I still want to be involved in other things because I feel like I'm constantly evolving, right, like just as a human being and so I want to constantly test and try just figure out like what other ways are there for me to be able to still communicate that message. I mean, that's always been part, I think, of my self-healing journey is, um, you know, embracing that spirituality, like that spiritual side of myself. I definitely do believe in a higher power, but I'm, I'm more so focused on the power of my ancestors and the power of lineage. And um, How would you differentiate those spirituality from the power of your ancestors? I mean, I don't, I think one helps the other. Like I don't, like I think being in tune with my spirituality, you know, I am a believer in Catholicism, but I'm selective about it, you know, so I don't necessarily think that I have to go to church in order to feel spiritually connected to my God. Um, but I feel that, you know, being connected to him and knowing that he is connected to my ancestors is powerful to me because I feel like they're both like almost on the same channel, you know, so. Um, I don't necessarily think that they're different, but I do feel that they're related or that they're connected in some way. Okay. So. so then what would you say that your magic is? Where would that lie? My magic? I think my magic is, I think, recognizing and acknowledging the magic in others. Ooh, I like that. Because that's always been kind of the common denominator. It's a gift. In all of my jobs, my friendships, my that's always been, yeah, like the common theme. Like you are able to see in them. Yeah. And then what? And then Develop acknowledge it, it. Acknowledge it and then... So they see it too. Um, yeah, because I even think back to like, like when I was in fitness, when I was a coach, um, when I've worked for companies, I've always been in management. Um, I've always been great in management for that reason. So I, um, I'm good in seeing strengths in people and um, helping them capitalize on those strengths. And so I think that's also part of that, like seeing the magic in other people, you know. Okay. Let's jump into Agave Salt yeah. and how you started that. So Agave Salt kind of started as a joke. Like it wasn't really something really? that I thought was actually going to be like something legitimate like I okay so I worked I worked a nine-to-five like I worked actually more than a nine-to-five I worked a corporate job like and uh, typical salary so work weekends you know during the week all the time and um, I just knew that that wasn't meant for me at some point right but I needed to start somewhere because I kept waiting for this sign like that oh like you'll be able to leave your corporate job and jump into this whatever it is and it'll be magical and perfect and you'll be successful and I just got tired of waiting for that sign and I just started trying different things and just like I started painting and then painting I realized um, oh well why not try my creativity with jewelry and then I was like oh well, actually I have contacts in Mexico for semi-precious stones so I could do that like I could have 
the fire opals from there, brought over, I can make jewelry, so I started doing that. And that was actually how the brand started, was as a jewelry line. Mm -hmm. And again, it was like something super small on Etsy. I don't think I ever to this day got a sale on Etsy. I think I just put, like, put the stuff up there, just like, what the heck, like I'm gonna just try it. And then I posted it on Instagram, and then I got a few people, like I think I had maybe like 15 followers, and most of them were friends and family, mm -hmm. And then I had somebody buy a couple bracelets, like a choker, just from Instagram. And then one day, like, I just got in, I don't know why, but I was just like, I've always been a fanny pack fan. And I was like, I'm gonna make a fanny pack that looks like some, like, something that I can relate to like culturally because like the fanny packs at the time were just like kind of like 80s inspired like yeah. you know throwback and I was like those are cool but like I want something that has a cool print on it or something and so then I was like well what about gambaya fabric like I love gambaya fabric it's it's super like vibrant and colorful and I love the weaving on it it's it just resonated with me so I like got the fabric and I was like tried to make like a version of it at home and it was super sad and I was like okay I can't like I can't even use this this isn't even functional so then I was like I need to just get better at my sewing skills because I had kind of dabbled with sewing when I was younger but I was more the designer like I love designing this stuff and then my mom or my grandmother would make it so like all of my dresses in high school whatever like they were all made by my grandmother and my mom that's awesome and so, but again, I was always the designer, right? So I was like, well, when am I ever gonna find time to take a class? So I found like this like class that was being taught on the weekends in Venice at this like little fabric store for like 30 bucks a class. And I was like, okay, well, it's something, right? So I did it and then from there I got a little bit better at my skills and then I made the fanny pack again and I felt confident enough about it to like display it. And so I like posted on my Instagram story like, hey, just made a fanny pack, like cool, huh? And then I like, within that week, I think I got like three people that were like, oh, I wanna buy the fanny pack, are you selling it? And I was like, well, I didn't think about it, but yeah, okay, like, sure, I'll make you one. And then from there, it was like, it made me more curious. Okay, well, why don't I try doing this? Or why don't I try making this? And then from there, it kind of snowballed. And then I realized, like the more that I started making like the clothes and like seeing the fabrics and like the textures of the fabrics, the more I realized that this is directly in line with, with what my vision and my, my purpose is with inspiring women, right? Like it's like clothes, I feel like they can like super, they're so influential, I feel like, right? Like in terms of your mood, in terms of like your way of being, like, like I, to this day, like I remember, cause I used to be a competitive runner and I had like this sports bra from Nike that I like, I mean, it was down, it was falling apart completely. But that was like the sports bra I had to wear like every race day, you know, because like I, it was like my Wonder Woman outfit, you know, like I put that on and I was like, dude, I'm gonna freaking kill it in this. And I feel that like clothes, it's like, it can be like that. Like, you know, a woman puts on a silk dress and she instantly is like, feels glamorous and sexy, you know? Like she puts on like a lace like top and she feels feminine and flirty, you know? Like it could be, it can, it's amazing how I think fabric and clothes and design can like completely shift like your perspective and your way of being, so. That's, that's what the brand means to me. It means, and I have so many visions and dreams, right? About where I want it to go. Um, but that's like the underlying purpose behind the brand is to inspire Latinas specifically to feel sexy and sensual in their clothes and feel feminine and not feel like ashamed for feeling that way. materials I get 
almost every single one of my pieces is a combination of textiles from Mexico as well as Los Angeles. And um, the, again, like that's very intentional because I want the pieces to be a reflection of the Latinas that I meet here, which are very much an influence of American culture and Mexican culture. And so um, most of the designs are a combination of that. Um, the fabrics from Mexico, I work directly with mills. So like most of them, the ones that I have now are family owned. They've been family owned for like years and years. Um, all of my shawls, well now the shawls, the most recent ones that I have, um, the fabric is from Puebla, Mexico. And um, I also have another mill that's in Bernal, Mexico, um, which is also family owned. And they actually still dye the fabrics in these huge cement basins and um, by hand. And they use like natural like vegetable dyes to, to dye the fabrics. And then they like hang them out in the back, you know, and then they use the wooden looms to make it. So, um, so yeah, I think it's very important because the fabric, again, like knowing where it comes from, like knowing that, it just, it brings a special essence to the fabric. Like when I put on my, like the Puebla poncho, right? Like that fabric is from Puebla. And I just like, just smelling the fabric, feeling the texture, like it just makes me think of like a little pueblito or a little rancho, you know, like life on the rancho, like feeling like cozy by a fire, like seeing the sunrise, you know, with like goats and like cows. It's like that kind of vibe. So it's, I know it's a lot to read into a piece, but no, it's, it's like. Not. I think that everything, every anything and everything can carry so much energy, memories, sensory yeah. stimulations that yeah. it really can. Yeah. And I was actually going to go there because Cindy, Cindy has one of your shawls. It's yes. a blue silk one. So she wore it one day. I kept touching it and touching it. And I was like, I love this shawl. She's like, oh yeah, it's from Agavisan. I And I was just like, I love it. And she's like, yeah. And I also wear it to like all my really like, uh, my big events where I go and I do energetic work and I was like yeah I just feel really drawn to it as soon as I saw it I was just like oh, I just want to touch it yeah I just want to keep touching it and I felt that when I was at Latina Fest and when I came up on your on your booth yeah and I just saw I saw the the clothes and I was like I don't know but I, I want to come over here and look at it and then when I saw the roses the the yeah the yeah the, the yellow blouse one, yeah I couldn't put it down yeah and it wasn't it wasn't something that I was like planning on or anything. It's just the feeling yeah. when I felt it. So I think that the work and that you do when you're putting these things together, when you're creating, when you're stitching, when you're finishing it, when you're looking at it, when yeah. you look at the pieces and stuff, I think you leave energy in there. Yeah. And you're sending these pieces out with that energy stuff. Yeah, no, so, very much. <laughs> yeah, I really do think so. So you're picking up the energy of where the fabric comes from. Right? Yeah. And then you're somehow transmuting that and creating something brand new and yeah. then sending it off to people, new owners, you know? Yeah, <laughs> to yeah. feel it too. Yeah, no, and I think, um, well, thank you for acknowledging that. Yeah. <laughs> but I think that, um, no, and that's what I hear from people, you know, and that's when, they, when they're there at my booth, they're like, you know, like, unfortunately, I mean, I try to communicate that through the website, but it is different in person. Like when I get to style somebody and like we talk about the fabrics, it's, it's an experience, right? And so it's like I see them, it's almost like I, I literally see that energy being transferred to them when I put on the blouse and I put on the shawl and then they look in the mirror, they look at, you know, the photo I take of them and they like are transformed. Yeah. And that's what my intention is, is to be able, because then it's like everywhere they go, they take that piece and they feel that energy. They feel that transformation, just like Cindy, right? Like she knows all of her special events, she's going to wear that yeah. and she's going to feel amazing and yeah. she's going to kill it like every time. And that's what my intention is with every single piece is to be able to have every woman feel empowered in that way. So. What is the, the, the one that I bought? The yellow one with the roses? What is it called? Como la flor. Como la flor. Yeah. First of all, <laughs> Selena is my bitch. <laughs> Second of all, so I wore that shirt. So oh, I bought the shirt from you, right? Took it home and I kept feeling it. I kept it in the little pouch. I've been treating that shirt like it's a crystal, you know? Yeah. It's a crystal, you leave it in the pouch because it can't touch anything. And I just would open my drawer and I would always put it on and I'd be like, no, it doesn't feel like this is the day that I'm going to wear it. And I would yeah. put it back in. And I mean, I go out or like go to events, I go out with friends. Yeah, yeah. Like, I just 
it just didn't feel like it was it. So then I wore it for the first time for the photo shoot for the Bold Ascension, which looked amazing. Like, oh my gosh, can I tell you, I was so sick. You did not show it at all. (laughs) I was so sick, and I I only slept I think like four hours that night. Oh girl, I woke up and I almost did not go to that photo shoot. And I went and I looked in the mirror and I was like, oh damn, I look good. I look good, and I felt so sexy. And I was like, this is it right here. Yeah. So then I went out to the photo shoot and I just I forgot I was sick. It was great. The energy was amazing. I felt really pretty. I felt really sexy. A lot of people um, that buy that top, well, a lot of people compliment that blouse. That's like probably one of the one of the pieces that when people see it on the rack, it's the first thing they look at. Um, and then it's also one of the pieces that I get the most positive feedback on for that reason. Like they say that it's just so sexy and I feel like so sexy. It's not like, it's not like a pasty, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, it's covering quite a bit, but it's something about the fabric, something about the colors and the flow of the fabric. I love that one. Like it just reminds me of almost like a butterfly. Like So for all my pieces, right, they're all exclusive. I consider them exclusive because the fabrics that I get, either they're made from a family-owned, like, super tiny mill in Mexico, like, rural Mexico, some part of rural Mexico, where, right, they don't have the man labor to, like, make large quantities, um, or they're from L.A., where I actually end up getting the leftover fabric from other manufacturers. So leftover fabrics that maybe were not used for a season or they had overflow of it, like, that's what I use. Um, because again, I've always been a big supporter of sustainability and, you know, trying to reuse or sustain, like just be very, um, eco-friendly and conscious about that in my life. But, um, so that's why when people don't believe when I say like it's limited run, like when I sell out, I sell out, like that's it. You're never going to see it again. It's because it's the truth. Yeah. Because there's no more material. No. And that fabric, like sometimes the fabrics were designed um, or the prints right were specific to a particular brand and once they make it once they sell out for that season they're not going to need that print again right Mm -hmm. so no longer is going to exist so that's why it's like when I get the fabrics that's it super limited I love that I love it is yeah it's special and it's beautiful material yeah beautiful material and something about something about that just screams collaboration and you know like sustaining yeah the, the community and the product from where that's coming from like what we're using to make that it's yeah. not getting wasted and it's so beautiful that I would hate to think that that's gonna end up in the trash yeah you know the landfill somewhere like it's so gorgeous why not reuse it yeah and I wish more people did that yeah like just I mean and I don't know like where that idea came from I think when I was in downtown one day, I was at one of the fabric stores there and I asked them like, hey, can I get more of this? And they were like, no, actually, the place that we get it from, like they they just bring us their scraps sometimes. And then from there, I think that was where it started, where I was like, okay, well, who's that contact? You know, or how can I find that contact? How can I find more contacts like that? And so that's where it kind of like that, snowballed. That's the, the, the strategy, the yeah. analytical part in you that yeah. turned on was like, I need to follow that. Yeah. Where does that go? But that was like very unintentional. You know, like I was just looking for something pretty. <laughs> and like I found that and I was like, oh, it's that's still even strategy, better. still strategy, girl. Yeah. Just follow but, that. Um, but yeah, no, for me personally, that I knew that all my pieces I wanted to make exclusive or like I wanted to do exclusive runs because that's always been something that for me personally, like I, again, that adds another element of like feeling special to the piece is that I know like no one else is going to have it or very few people are going to have it. And now for a small break from the beautiful episode with Laura. As you heard on the previous episode, I am doing a little something new. I am hosting space for my incredible small business owners that I have been meeting and working with in the community. So today I want to talk to you guys about Abby. Abby from Fire Lash. Abby is an up-and-coming lash artist located in Boyle Heights. She wants to build an empire on the lash industry, helping out all of our beautiful Latinx feel empowered, sassy, 
and glamorous by enhancing their natural beauty. She provides eyelash extension services and lash lifts. She shares a lot of information about the process of getting lashes and she believes in taking care of all of her clients' natural lash health. First and foremost, she will give you tips and tricks to take care of the lash extensions and to take care of your own lashes as well. Check her out on Instagram. She's fire underscore lash underscore by Abby and that's A-B-B-Y. I got my lashes done from her already and I can tell you that she really is about the health of your lashes and she answers all of your questions. If you haven't had your lash extensions done yet and you're curious about doing it, I recommend that you hit her up on Instagram and when you do slide into her DMs, make sure that you use code SECURE, X-E-C-U-R-E, for a special discount for listeners of this podcast. And remember, put your money where your community is and invest where your heart lies. We need to continue to support our small business owners because they are actively supporting us. And that is the purpose of holding space on my episodes for small business owners like Abby. Thank you so much for participating in this. And to everybody listening, hit up these women, hit up these small business owners, and put your money where your community is. Thank you so much. And now back to our beautiful episode with Laurita. I sew everything. Wow. Yeah. I sew everything. The only time I've um, recruited help was when um, I recently did a a collaboration with Spiritu Box. Mm -hmm. So Spiritu, my shawl was featured in their box, their fall box. And um, that required a lot of help, um, which I was blessed with having a lot of women that I knew, a lot of very strong, powerful, inspiring women around me who were ready to help me, like, and like waiting to help me. So I was super blessed with that. So yeah, I mean, it was just amazing to me how I like, I didn't, I was just blown away. I was just speechless, like at how they were there with me in the trenches, like helping me out. And I like, I'm forever grateful and and debt to them. And they have their own businesses. And they do, yeah. yeah. So, um, so yeah, so it was even more inspiring and it definitely helps me on all those late nights. And I think um, it was cool too, because they got to celebrate in my celebration. So it was like, as people, I remember, people would post videos of them opening the box or like, you know, like the unboxing and I would share it with them or they would see it and I'd be like, oh my God, like that could have been yours and that could have been mine. Like, oh my God. Like it was like this very shared excitement. So that was really dope. But it, it definitely made me excited for the future and like what it would possibly feel like, right, to have my own team that could share in that celebration with me. Right, so. so how... What's something that you would say to, to somebody else about that whole process, right? From beginning to end, there were there must have been so many points in there where you're just like, this isn't going to work, or this is difficult, or just maybe a doubt of something. Or if it wasn't, and you had a smooth transition through, or a smooth process, like, either or, what is the piece of advice that you would give somebody? You know, I think specific to that, situation with the boss because it was so overwhelming it was a very overwhelming experience in hindsight um I think no time than then was it ever more true you know when people used to say or I would hear people say like oh just make sure like if you really love it you'll do it it's like like I think of a mother with her child, right? Like she doesn't think twice about waking up in the middle of the night to feed her child. She doesn't think twice about, you know, doing whatever she has to in order to provide for her child. And that was never more true in that moment when I was trying to fulfill that order, such a large order, and it was typically just me, right? Um, So I would say, you know, to somebody who's just starting or figuring out their passion, their purpose, You'll almost, in trying, in the errors, you'll figure out if it's meant to be or if it's aligned with you or not. And so instead of getting frustrated, 
when there are like you, so you know errors or frustrations or challenges right that maybe deter you see what's the lesson in that is this strengthening my desire to continue forward or is it truly showing me maybe this is not it and in doing that I felt like my intuition again it was just strengthening my tuition even more like it was like strengthening that muscle to like trust like yes this is worth staying up until four o'clock in the morning uh, for a week <laughs> like straight you know like yes this is worth it like this is really worth it because there's something bigger here there's I'm gonna be affecting women all over the nation that I don't even know you know with my fabric with my piece like this is worth it I can do it you know <laughs> so. how about when you transitioned out of that corporate job yeah how was that leap um it still is a leap that I'm learning to fly <laughs> how long ago was that um it was in it was maybe it was right after I agreed to the speedy through contract so it was like June Wow, recently. Yeah, so it's very Congratulations. recent. Congratulations. Thank you. How is it going? It's scary. It's scary as, yeah, it's scary as fuck. <laughs> like, no joke. But you're doing it. But I'm doing it, and you know what? I'm blessed that I have a lot of women who have done it, or who are thinking about it, or who are on a similar journey to where it's not as scary, you know? So, um that's definitely been a huge comfort is surrounding myself and talking with other women about that and how they did it and or how they're thinking about doing it you know just talking about it just having women to talk to that get it yeah. you know because it's like it's something that I couldn't necessarily talk to like my mom about you know at least I don't feel that way yeah. um like someone who can relate to it so yeah that's been a huge support but yeah it's it's challenging it's definitely challenging what's something that you had to change when you left that that corporate job and and you're you're <sighs> leaping into this entrepreneur life right and yeah. you're developing your dream what is something that you absolutely had to change caring what other people think that was that still is like my big like point that I am constantly working on along with everything else <laughs> and is that more so like because not having a, a nine-to-five is misunderstood or because of your creation not being appreciated or seen the way that you would want it to be seen I think um, you know I'm fortunate enough that the way that I left with the speedy through like with all the traction and attention of that like I had enough like um, I guess validation right so it wasn't the second reason that you say it I think it was more the first one okay. so like family not really so much maybe a couple friends like just outside people like saying or not understanding not understanding like how are you gonna pay your bills yeah. what are you doing you're yeah. leaving this yeah, yeah. Like, you don't have a plan. Like, do you have a plan? Like, how is it going to work? Like, what about health insurance? You know, like, all these things where I'm just like, yeah, like, that's important. But, like, dying tomorrow knowing that I didn't give everything that I could. Do you know that's what worse. I mean? Yeah. That's way worse to me. That's way freaking worse. Yeah. Like, staying another day, like, supporting someone else's dream, that's way worse. And it's like, and I always tell people too, like when I, when I talk about the topic of leaving my job, like my job, don't get me wrong, like my job before was amazing. Like I was traveling the world, I worked international sales, like I loved it. It was so much fun, but I felt like it wasn't fulfilling me 100%. And in hindsight, it's like now, like seeing where I am, like I would so much rather be here spending time working on my life's purpose, my life's passion every single day versus my job before. Isn't that crazy? Because there's so many people that would almost even say I'd kill to travel, right? Oh, yeah. But I like the way you put it because sometimes the world doesn't give you what your purpose is. Your no. purpose is in this place, in this space, in this community, mm -hmm. at least to start it. 
right? Yeah. And then getting back into that. Yeah. But I think it's, it's that goes back to this idea of one thing being worthy of wanting and the other one not. Yeah. Because it's not the nine to five or it's not insurance yeah. or it's not this. So breaking that. Yeah. I love that. I love how you, you've put so many flips on things. Yeah. Perspectives. And I really like that. I kind of had to, to like convince myself that what I was doing was right, no, but <laughs> you know? Let's talk about that. Let's talk about your self-love. Yeah. I, I love how that just kind of... Yeah, goes back. Yeah, that was perfect. <laughs> Let's talk about that. What was that like for you, your journey to self-love? Oh my gosh. Like you don't you can tell me as much or as little as you want, but what was that for you? No, I mean if I was to pinpoint a time like where I would say my journey to self-love started, it would probably be the moment that I stopped being that carefree little girl that was, you know, like fun and like loud and silly and started worrying about what the kids were saying about my weight at school. When my mother put me on a diet at the age of 10. And I mean, God knows I love my mom. Like I've talked to her about this before or already, you know, so I've made peace with her about all kinds of things. But I mean, she was a mother doing what she thought was best at the time. I'd say that was where my journey to self-love started because I started doubting my body and doubting who I was and started being influenced by others. Um, and uh, I let it affect me a lot. And that affected me for the rest of my life. You know, it's something that I still am constantly working on is my body image and self-love. It's always, I'm realizing it, it's become a journey for me. There is no end point. It's a constant nurture of self-love, a practice. It's definitely a practice for me. And the more that I talk to other empowered women, that that seems to be a similar theme. It's never done. It's always a constant theme. Yeah, from that moment on, you know, I've dealt with eating disorders. I had disordered eating when I was in college and just after, a couple years after. And that wasn't even more so for aesthetic purposes. It was more for um, performance purposes. So I was a competitive runner at the time. So I ran for Division One school in college, and then I ran a little bit um, semi-professionally after. And I just, like many people in that world, like you think you weigh less and you're going to run faster. But um, my literal, I literally was eating away at myself and my body. I had um, disordered eating borderline anorexia, so I was eating very limited amounts of food and being very selective about what I was eating. And I went to therapy for that after, and I got the support um, that I needed. And again, I mean, it's something that I constantly, it's now it's not a constant thought. Sometimes self-care doesn't look pretty. Yes. And I feel like- muddy water. Yeah, and I feel like that's why it gets so glamorized sometimes. Don't get me wrong, like, there's a lot of great things about self-care that can be glamorous, like getting your nails done, right, like getting your hair done, all that stuff, and that's great. But even sometimes, like a haircut, I've seen, I've witnessed, like, friends of mine get their haircut, and it's this super traumatic experience for them. So it's like, whatever it is, right, that you're running away from, I feel like usually that's where you need to go. That's where you need to do the most feeling. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, for me, like I think back, okay, so we'll table like the eating disorder, right? So that's one aspect. The other aspect to my self-love was um, my sexuality. Like from an early age, I distinctly remember this moment like, and I didn't even know why, but, like, I I was really called in elementary school to these gorgeous patent leather Doc Martens, and they were knee-high Doc Martens. And, you know, being the creative, like, fashionista that I was at a young age, my mom just bought them for me and thought nothing of it, right? And then I went to school, 
And I'm in, I mean, fifth grade, sixth grade, and these kids are calling me a slut for wearing these shoes. And I think that was, again, like another moment where my journey for self-love started because it made me question, well, what does that even mean? And then when I figured it out, well, why do they think I'm like that? You know, it's like at this age, like that doesn't make sense. And at the time, maybe I should have talked to my mom about it, but I didn't. And so I just kept it quiet. And then, you know, I again tested my fashion in other ways. And again, being, you know, at that age, going through middle school, high school, kids are going to be kids, right? They're going to say mean things. And being taunted and that taunting, right, it gets internalized. And so then later on, right, I, it turned into this sexual repression later on in my life where I was then just fearful of being anything that was close to sexy. I didn't want to, I didn't even start wearing red lipstick until two years ago because it drew too much attention to my face. And people always would, even without wearing the red lipstick, people would say I had a sexy look. And I was like, no, I don't want to have a sexy look. Like, I don't want people to think I'm a slut, you know? And so that was another layer to my journey to self-love was, you know, learning that those words don't have to mean anything to me. That I don't have to let them have power over me. That or if, your sexuality. No, yeah. no. That that's all a creation of them. And if they want to harbor it, they can't. But I'm going to be me and true to myself and love myself the way that I know I'm deserving of and live my life the way I want to. And that's all that freaking matters. And so, um, yeah, so that was like another layer for me. It was a journey to self-love. Wow, because that just made me realize just how, how impactful the sensuality is behind your, your pieces. Yeah, uh, the, the, the intention of allowing sensuality to be a piece of the experience when you wear yeah. agape self, right? Yeah. And it's it's that healing part, too. Yeah, yeah. everyone wants to feel sexy. Yeah. I like that it comes from a healing part. Yeah. Like the, the not needing permission. Right. Not needing to have this, like, the okay from society. You know, and that's such a terrible thing that's still happening now. Yeah. Like, women are being shamed for that. And you shouldn't. You shouldn't yeah. be shamed for that. Well, and I think, I think especially, too, like, in our culture, or at least, right, like, in my experience, um, I think about, like, my mom, <laughs> like, like, her worry that I was going to become, like, este mujer de la calle. Yeah. Like, that was always, like, the... Or, like, pointing out, like, no te vistes como ella. Like, see how she's dressed? Don't dress like her. And that's why those kids said that. Yeah. The parents said that. Right? Yeah. Because where, where would they get that from? Yeah. If not their parents saying all that, that's a That's, a that's not... Yeah, that that's girl, a slut. You know? That's not right. That. <laughs> At least it's romantic. I know. <laughs> well, we're talking about sexy clothes. <laughs> Um, yeah, and so it's, no, I mean, that's a great point, right? Like, they learned it from somewhere, yeah. so it had to have been said somewhere. But, um, yeah, that's always, like, the common denominator in all of my pieces is that when I think about the woman that wears my pieces when I'm designing it, and I want her to feel confident, empowered, and sexy. Those are the three points. If those three points are in the piece, then I'm, I'm going to post it. You know, I'm going to sell it. But if any of those is lacking, but sometimes the sexiness too, right? It may not be the design per se or the shape of it. It may actually be the fabric. So like that top, it's like people don't even have to wear it, but they feel the blouse that you have and they're like, ooh, that feels good. And I'm like, yeah, it does. That's silk. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, so it's like sometimes there's ways to feel sexy that aren't as obvious. Yes. Yes. You know? Um, and even if it is obvious, it's okay. Yeah, yeah, it's you fine know? too. I love everything. Thank you so much for sharing all of that. No, thank I, you. I love where this entire conversation went. I love it. I think that we started, I think we started at like 
the top of the funnel. Yeah. And we ended up all the way at the bottom of the funnel and everything just, it makes sense. Yeah. It makes sense. Yeah. And I feel like I definitely know you better and I know your essence better at least. I don't yeah. think it's fair to say I know you better, but I know your essence better. I think that um, when I met you, I felt your energy and that's that's one layer right yeah the next layer the next layer is vulnerability yeah and one of the things that i love about podcasting is that you get to be vulnerable yeah not everybody but when you do get someone that opens up and it's yeah. vulnerable it's fucking gold it's yeah. magic because you find yourself in other people like that yeah you know like how crazy is it that what you say triggers things in my mind and my life and my experience it's absolutely crazy yeah. But that's, that's what it is. We're walking around growing and learning from each other. And all we have to do is just open up so that we can see each other. Yeah, and know that it's safe and that it's okay. Yeah. yeah. So thank you. No, thank, thank you. Thank you. That. This is so fun. Anything else you want to add that I didn't ask? Um, no. I mean, just, you know, my Instagram handle is at Agave Salt. Um, like people know where you find you, though. Yeah. <laughs> Um, my website, agavesalt.com, and uh, be on the lookout for swimwear. Thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in today for another episode and for sharing space with Laura and myself. Thank you, and I hope that you all were able to take away something meaningful for yourselves from this conversation. I hope that you shared in the magic of the surroundings, of the soundtrack of Long Beach, and the beauty that was lying within these messages that were provided and shared amongst us today. With that, I also want to encourage you to go out and show some support to Agave Salt, give her a follow, drop into her website, get yourself a piece of her clothing or her scarves. They're all beautiful pieces, and like you heard today, they hold tremendous energy. Again, let's support our small businesses. Let's show them that we love and care about them, and let's continue to make an impact through our conscious consumerism conscious spending and conscious supporting of our community thank you again everyone i hope that with this episode i was able to leave a little more secure in your space and leave a lot less silence in your hearts until next time babes